I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Beauty Bosses. Best one yet, don't you think? Um, I mean, I'm here. So okay, yes. I am so excited to welcome this week's guest, PR It Girl, TM, Savannah Engel. Hailing from the Mississippi Delta, Savannah has made a name for herself <laughs> as New York City's PR powerhouse. After getting her start as an intern for Michael Kors, Savannah moved on to Barney's, then back to Michael Kors, and finally, first access entertainment before founding her own agency. Formerly known as Savannah Engel PR, you rebranded and introduced your new agency, Savvy, which I, I like because it's double entendre. Also, like, let me tell you how many strip malls you find when you do S-A-V-V-Y. S-A-V, less of a Google. Yes, S-A-V-I, mm-hmm. you guys. S-A-V-I. Yeah, better Google. So Savvy is an atypical community building agency that manages all elements of brand building and also guides brands and founders toward their goals and does it very individually, so I really like that. <laughs> and some of your favorite clients are also some of my favorite brands like exactly. Mercari, Burberry, Diesel, and so many more. So welcome. Hey y'all. Love you, Laura. I love you. I'm so happy that you're here. Okay, so let's get right into it. We have a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. I love it. I love it. Savannah, tell me, how does a girl from the Mississippi Delta become one of the most notable PR it girls in Uh, New York City? Sis, let me tell you, it's hard work and dedication. I never stopped. And you know what? It does help. That I just, so I'm really good at one thing, I like to say. Like, I'm bad at a lot of things, like, really bad at a lot of things. But I'm really good at people, and I enjoy people, and I like people. So that was really, I happened to have fallen in a job that where you have to have people skills and good people skills to be able to succeed. I swear that's why. I could talk to a brick wall for hours. Timeout was always difficult for mama. One fun story. Do you want to hear a fun story? Yes. One time, she didn't know what else to do with me. I know it sounds like kind of crazy. My mom will die that I'm telling the story. She was like, you know what? She'll be bored as hell in the closet. I'll put her in the closet. I know that sounds crazy. Very like Southern, like, you know, Joan Crawford, but it's not. Um, And she found me and I was swinging, having the time of my life from the rock, the curtain, coat rod and everything. I just, you know, having a good time. I think one thing that's so cool about you is that you find the interesting thing about every person that you're talking to. And I think I I see a little parallel with my job because one of my professional superpowers is that I find the beautiful features on everyone's face. Yeah. No matter who the person is. And I feel like part of my role is to look at a person and identify their beautiful features and bring those to the surface. Totally. I have noticed when I've been hanging out with you at cocktail parties or PR events or whatever, when you're in a conversation, you make anybody into an interesting person. You like deep dive and you figure out the thing that's going to bring out their sense of humor. Oh, Laura, that's so sweet. And it's a very cool skill to have. Oh, thanks. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's so much easier to be nice to people 
everybody's pretty, everybody's interesting. Everybody's different. So everybody's got something special. It's just a lot harder to be mean to people. I don't know. I've always thought that. Yeah, I like that about you. Did you always want to pursue a career in fashion PR? So my mom was an executive at Wrangler back in like the 70s. And I, and one of our neighbors was Julia Reed, who was a really famous Vogue editor and writer. Um, and I always kind of thought I would end up in fashion. I think that was always the plan. And then when college happened, I had like four majors and I was actually going into human rights. But what I realized that I was doing field work is that, you know, if you're living in refugee camps, you're out in the field work, you can't ever really have a family and there's other aspects of life that I enjoyed. It's a very lonely life out there when you're in that world. Although it's incredible what you can give back, it's, it's very singular. You're kind of alone. You might be the only researcher in the refugee camp or you might be the only person from the Red Cross or UNICEF in the refugee camp. Like that, and that's, it's lonely. So you're an island of your own. Well, this career that I fell into, Michael Kors hired me straight out of college, thought I was funny. I'm, I'm not on an island by myself. We're on a massive island, and I get to literally interact with people all the time. And fashion, it was always what I was interested in. I think, honestly, I think it was the way my life was always leading me to. I was just trying other things to get away from it, but it was always going to be the end point. Does that make sense? Yeah. And how did you decide to launch your own company? Why did oh my you, God, that was did, an accident. Why didn't you stay working for one of the big companies? Are y'all kidding? This was such an accident. So I was taking a little bit of a breather. I was like freelancing for everyone. It was so fun because I could do like a million different things and my ADHD could thrive. Then my best friend, Allie O'Neill, decided to launch her brand, Markeri, and she kept asking me to like help her launch it. I was like, whatever, whatever. I shattered my leg on my 30th birthday in Aspen. I thought I was gonna die, but at least it was a chic way to die. And I Very literally, so I mean, as I was like dying and bleeding out of the mountain, taking down a toboggan, I was like, this, if this is the way I go, Wait, it looks good. while you were skiing. Oh yeah, it looks good. Like totally like compound fractures, fuck shit up. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to use that word. Um, and anyway, I say she tricked me because I was on so many damn painkillers. I don't even remember starting my company. I don't remember launching her company. I don't even remember doing my LLC. I don't even remember getting a Vogue article, her on several celebrities, and another few articles, which I'm just bragging about now because I really don't remember. <laughs> I was on so many painkillers. I would have to like record myself in meetings because of course I didn't stop working. And I would like record myself and then record back and be like, oh, that's, that's what happened. Heaven forbid me take notes because again, I was on painkillers. I don't, it was an accident, end of story. But a very, a very happy accident. So that's pretty good. And how did you start accruing other clients? Like, did they just see what you were doing with my Yeah, they see what I No, honestly, it became through contacts. Like, I've never gone out after a client successfully. Like, during COVID, I definitely was trying to go out for people. And I was doing a lot of free PR then, too, to help anybody that, you know, had to let go of their marketing team. That was kind of our to give back. But it was a slow burn. I am not a natural businesswoman. It did not come supernatural to me. So, and I really didn't charge enough. I wasn't believing in myself. And at that point, I really didn't believe I could run a company yet. And I needed those like two to three years to be slapped around, knocked down, make a hundred mistakes. I mean, like a thousand mistakes. And then COVID really slapped me in the face and then build from there. And so honestly, 
everything has been word of mouth. People come to us. And it just, after COVID, it just started working. But, you know, Papa was one of my first clients, too. I mean, when we, our big thing was to build brands. I mean, we would get in there and we, we like, build these brands. It's not like we're just sitting there and pitching a few days. It's like, oh, okay, let's change this design up. Okay, well, what can we do with this retailer? Should we be in this retailer? How do we get to that retailer? How do we get on this person? You know, it's, we're in the thick of it. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Which is just, I think how I, I kind of also believe in PR in a different way than some other people too. And that's also heavily changed as well after COVID. How do you believe in it? What do you mean by that? Oh God, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I, I mean, I think it's kind of a given. I don't believe in traditional press in the same way that I used to. Um, I don't think it's totally dead, although sometimes I'll say that because I love my editorial friends, but I don't believe that you can build brands anymore with traditional press the old-fashioned way. I think if you have something amazing that has virility and that actually went viral or something and a New York Times picks it up, that's a totally different story. But if you don't have that opportunity, you are up against, not only does almost every publication have a paywall, not only does almost every publication, you know, have put, I mean, the fact that publications have Amazon Day is insane. But they're also, their advertisers have always been the most important, but now it's affiliate that's the most important. And a lot of small brands cannot pay to even play in the affiliate p- game properly. You need like 20 to 50K a month. These brands can't do that. So you've got to think of ways of, this is why we rebranded actually. So I'm giving you the whole rebrand story now. Get excited. Yeah. Um, you got to think of other ways to activate. And as I say, like we're going to throw a lot of things against the wall. It might work. It might not. Because I feel like my industry is like the Wild West. It's, um, and so we, events and activations, VIP and influencers and partnerships and collabs, but also remembering that America is massive. So New York, Miami, and LA are not the most important things. If you want to be a brand and a bigger brand and make money, not just be legitimate, then what are you doing in Texas? What are you doing in San Fran? What are you doing in Nashville? What are you doing in Memphis? What are you doing in Atlanta? What are you doing in Charleston? What are you doing in Florida? You know what I mean? Keep going. Columbus, Ohio, St. Louis actually has an amazing market. Anyway, so thinking like that. And then I've taken on a lot of hospitality clients. And that's just because I think I drank too much in my 20s. And I know everybody now. Everybody that used to be serving me drinks or was the manager of a restaurant or something now has like the hottest club or the hottest restaurant in town. So they just call me. And I've ran so many of their doors for like free or what have you as a favor that now they can actually pay me. That's so awesome. So just everything's always been through friends or through people passing me things. That was very long-winded. I hope that was okay. No, that was cool. It was a really interesting story. And I feel like things have changed so much with the way people think about press and marketing. Totally. Because I think the worst thing in the world is feeling like you're being marketed to. And I know that, like, just as as a consumer, like, you know... The ads are the pages you skip oh my in God. magazines, and that's why nobody buys magazines, right? And, and, and literally, clickbait is the article. Those are the articles that you skip, and that's the reason you block cookies on your browser. Exactly, and we think we're discerning. Oh my God, Gen Z, they are the most discerning generation. And what's yeah. the one below them? Alpha. They Our are, kids are alpha. even more discerning because there that's has not good. been any point in their life where they have not been advertised to. With, their, with something in their hand. We were advertised to via a TV set. They're advertised to constantly with something so intimate to them, which is yeah. a cell phone or an iPad. 
or tick god i don't know what they use now they probably have some other weird device i had like a tamagotchi what's the coolest um example of pr advertising that you've not been part of that you think is cool that you've seen in the past like a uh, couple of months or years i was part of it um okay, okay. all right <laughs> the okay, rebrand of yourself. diesel was probably the coolest Okay, Taking Diesel from, it. like, Euro trash to, like, how hip-hop and cool it is and, like, in with music and in with culture was one of the most fascinating projects I've ever gotten to work on. And then watching it truly flourish after our contract ended is amazing. That's something really, really cool to watch. What's yeah. another one? I like what the Arnaud family is doing with Tiffany. They're like it's making fab. it cool again, it's fab. which is so, I mean, you know. It's fab. Did you go to that party? Yeah, it was I cool. think I was, I was in London, but I didn't go, but it looked fabulous because one of my best friends runs VIP. He was my boss too at Coors, Michael McLaughlin. And he was like, Seth, you will die at the celebs that we have locked down. And I died. I saw it. It. Cool. it was fabulous. It was so cool. But it was amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. But all of it, just like, I mean, I walked through the store the other day um, at my uh, for my birthday. I still haven't been. And um, and the art, the art alone in the store. Who did like, it? Did Murano do? Who did it? Paul Murano. Wait, what's his face? Um, always wears the leather. Uh, Peter Marino. Peter Marino. Oh my God, he's the, so fabulous. Peter Marino is so cool, and the art in that place. He did just, the whole thing, didn't he? Ugh. He did the whole thing, but there. The, I don't. I think it's the the family's private collection. It must be, but. I mean, it's like it's insane. Yeah, Anish Kapoor, like you oh, know, every I love time Anish you Kapoor. turn around, it's like something more fabulous than the next thing. I have tried so hard to get an Anish Kapoor for the Naomi Campbell Fashion for Relief, and I have failed every time. I've been trying to get something for that auction for five years from Anish Kapoor, and always fail. I will succeed at one point. I will. What made you decide to? think about press and marketing as kind of the thing that, that you were passionate about. Because as someone who has people skills, I, I can see you being successful in so many different ways. Like you're such I a mean, connector, you're so that, fun. That's what I'm good you're at is so, connecting. Yeah. Like I was a terrible assistant. I told my assistants that, although I expect the best and more from them than I, would, I was ever expected of myself. But I had to recognize what I could be good at. So I became best friends with everyone in my industry, right? And I, I don't say that lightly. I really love everyone. And I hated, I hate pitching. I hate writing. So really, the way I trained my brain to think about how this is all being done is I've always had a creative brain. I'm not, a, I'm not organized. I'll admit it. I'm really unorganized. And I'm not like... Yeah, I'm just bad at those kinds of things. I'm good at the ideation. And so the way I thought about our company was none of us like pitching. None of us like sitting there and writing press releases. It's actually, some people are good at that. It's the bane of my existence. And I switched my company so that I hired people that would want to work for me and do the things that I like to do and not the things that I don't like to do. And then let's figure out a way to continue our jobs while not doing any of the things we don't like to do. Which we still have to do a little bit of the things that we don't like to do. <laughs> but yeah. I'm getting there where I don't have to do any of those things. I kind of just did it. It was selfish. I just didn't enjoy doing them. Yeah. And but, you think that like 
Did I answer Activa- that right? Activations, collabs. Oh yeah, like, I love it because that kind of stuff because we're going more. back to more interaction with people and not interaction on email. Yeah. Right. We're sitting there talking. It's the things that like get me going. We're sitting there interacting. I have physical. I'm an extreme extrovert. When we're around more people, we go up. Right. That's like my serotonin, oxytocin, all those levels go up and up and up. While like an introvert gets exhausted from that and has to move away. So all these things that I am doing is the most fun part of our job. At least for me and my girls. We need to hire a boy. We'd really love anybody. That would, we really would love. <laughs> or anyone. But How we have a lot of girls. There is eight of us. But a lot of, a lot of freelancers. But um, we grew so fast. I mean it's crazy. It was always two of us. And then three. And that's how, there was never any more. Because we just couldn't, you know, when you're, we're still small. It's still like getting everybody to that point and hiring on, you know, we're at the point where we're still like, you know, taking on clients, then we can hire, right? That's our hiring process still, which means I probably need to charge more. But <laughs> you never want to, it's hard to charge when you're negotiating for yourself. I don't know, I'm Southern. I hate it. I'm like, someone do it for me. And um, anyway, I have like, I finally... After COVID, I have like a real team. I never stress. It's a great team. We get along so well. The girls are a hoot. I think they're just, I think we're really all happy. We're actually, I'm doing in my new apartment, we do these silly dinners that where I like cook like five courses and then we also drink like 20 bottles of wine and people end up breaking things. It's great. It's really fun. And we do it on a Monday before like, I'm going to do it Monday before the summer. And then we're going to do it again before we start fashion week, which is fashion hell. And so we're like, I, I don't know. I always, I don't know how to set boundaries. So I treat everyone like their family because I don't know boundaries. <laughs> How's that working out for you? It's really, you know, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> it's kind of a disaster. I probably need to figure boundaries out, but we'll figure it out when I, it gets really tough. <laughs> what was your best ever like, celebrity PR placement? Oh, wait, can I? Okay, oh, okay, best can, ever okay, celebrity placement or best celebrity story? Okay, well, let's see. Let's hear both. Okay, um, best celebrity placement, um... That I have like died over. Honestly, this Papo Anya Taylor Joy was like amazing. Sorry, I was like a second to get her name out. Who else was like an iconic? Ava DuVernay in Markarian was iconic. Uh, we just did, what's the boy's name that dates Taylor Swift? Matt Healy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just put him in crew sunglasses and he decided to just love them. And what is my most exciting? What is wrong with me? Custom I like Jill Biden and Mark Oh my God, Jill Biden. Oh that my God. Like kind of a big Jesus, deal. my brain, y'all. That's the biggest deal of my entire career. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so, oh, my brain. It's mush. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a really good one. Okay, can I tell you a funny story? Yeah, tell me a funny one. All right, so I'm obsessed with Bette Midler. And okay. when I was at Michael Kors, um, Michael and Bette are really good friends. So I got to do Bette's fitting. And I, Mikey was like, I was just so excited. So excited to her fitting because I couldn't wait to talk to her because I knew that we'd be best friends, right? We were not. We were not. As I am like stuffing her boobs in there, she's got great boobs, stuffing her boobs into the dress and I'm just yapping away. She just looks at me and goes, honey, honey, this is a lot. You just shh, shh. 
And I just thought that was the funniest thing ever. It was a very funny story. In the situation, it was hilarious. Maybe it's not as much funny here. No, I'm not getting any funny. laughs. <laughs> now I got to laugh. It's a tough crowd. Tough crowd. What the fuck? It's a really tough crowd. Um, wait, that, how come she was not charmed by I you? talked her head on? off. Certain people. There are certain people that the Savannah magic, they, it doesn't happen immediately. It makes, and when it doesn't happen immediately, I focus in and I must succeed. Well, what exciting things are on the radar for Savvy? I don't know. You know, everybody keeps saying, well, what's your end goal? What's your plan? Y'all, I have no damn Just idea. living your life. I have no damn I idea. Know. Why do like, people say that? People are always like, well, do you want to sell? What's your next step? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what my next step is. Like, my ex was always like, okay, well, how are you going to build your business? I'm like, I am taking this shit as it happens. I have like, no idea what I'm doing. I am busy doing PR for this like, bed I'm like, on the internet. Everyone is posting the bed. It like, went viral. Oh, my God. I did. I did. I was trying to, try to sell that bed so hard. I've never tried so hard to sell anything in my life. I did. It went viral to the point where everyone I've run into the past, like, four days has been like, so you're selling a bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not gonna I like finally doubled down and took it for half this morning I was like take it take it um I um I don't know what's next and you know what that's what's more fun is that I don't know but everything is like grooving and happening like we just you know now we're doing reformations events which is like such a fun client and so awesome and that took years in the making, but then it just happened. And then we're helping some other people out with all their events. We're opening a rooftop tomorrow with the, you know, it's like friends like Ronnie and Dylan, who are my dearest friends who have Flower Shop and Lucy's and all this. They brought me in. And the thing with my friend Carlos, that's how we like launched Ray's Bar. You know, I have all these wonderful friends who just bring me into these really cool freaking projects. And it's always different and fun. And that's kind of where, like, I always worked in-house, and I love drinking the Kool-Aid, not to give, like, a whole, like, reference to Jonestown, but anyway, I like to drink the Kool-Aid, and I like authority. But it turns out that I just, because, you know, I was always in trouble as a kid, so it's, like, where I feel my most comfortable. Anyway, so I, like, actually love being a boss and love, like, doing all these crazy things because my chaotic ADHD crazy brain, it just does so well with it. I love that. Look at the child of Ritalin succeeding without Ritalin. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's so amazing. And I love I love all of this. I think it's so Oh, great. I love you, Laura. No, you're so great. And I think you're such a source of energy and inspiration to so <laughs> many people. And it's always oh my God, so you're the sweetest. fun to, to hang out with you and to talk to you. You're the best. I love getting all these ideas from you and... You're such a source of inspiration to so many people. I wanted to ask you, what is your advice to the next generation? So I feel like, I don't know if this happens generationally where we complain about the younger generation. All I have to say is, you have no idea what's coming. Just work hard. The harder you work, it will always come up. Like, just hustle. Have zero shame in the game. If you want to work in PR in New York City, show up. I'm not kidding you. Show up at the door of a PR firm. Show up at the door of the designer. Hold your resume out. I had somebody reply to me. She literally showed up at a Manolo event that we were doing and just had her resume on hand. I've never been more impressed at all. I mean, I'm serious, y'all. Just hustle. Never stop hustling. You can play hard, 
but you have to work hard first. I Uh, love that. I love that. I read something that was saying that it's all about attitude and aptitude. Totally. So you have to be competent and you have to try hard. Yeah. I like that. I love that. Thank you so much, Savannah. Thank you. You are the best. You're the best. Where can I find you? Um, Oh, you can find me. What do you mean? Uh, I'm in New York. Oh, Instagram. Savannah underscore Engel or, oh, we have a tip. TikTok, y'all. It's very funny. It's all PR related. Savannah, I think, underscore Engel as well. And then We Are Savvy is our website. And We Are Savvy is our company website. I gave you four choices. Okay. All right. Thank you.